Welcome to the Bet McLean Football Show. This week we're at the home of Warren Point Football Club. This is Milltown and we're joined by the Warren Point boss, Stephen McDonnell. Also on the show this week, former Cliftonville boss, Barry Gray. Gentlemen, you're very welcome to the show, Stevie. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for sorting out the sunshine and hope the groundsman doesn't mind us being in the middle of the pitch. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I would love to be coming down here and, and you've got a, a 100% win rate this season. I was driving down the road thinking to myself, this could be quite a difficult interview um, on the basis of what are the positives we can take out of the start of the season. Let's see what I can bring out of it. You were in this position this time last year, so... Have you hope and faith that you can turn this ship around? Absolutely. Like I just mentioned the Beagle beforehand, like we were in this position last year, but we were we were eight points adrift of anybody. You know, what gives us a bit of hope is that Institute have played a game more and are only one point ahead of us. Um Glenavon are on four points and, and Carrick are only on six points. So look, there's no point getting too bogged down with the start. The start is what it was and in reality if there was one result you probably would have expected to pick something up it would have been Saturday gone by so you know I'm no um, I'm not going to stop believing in what we're doing and, and think that you know we're down and out we're far from it we've we've bodies coming back onto the pitch we've 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 influential players coming back onto the pitch in the coming weeks so we know we know there's a process we're following here and you know I'm a firm believer of we got it right before we'll get it right again Carrick played here obviously on Saturday you alluded to that um, how far off the pace did you think you boys were? Because obviously, does the scoreline look worse than what it really was in your head? Possibly. Like, you know, um, there was one particular moment in the game when, you know, we've created probably three excellent chances in the first half. Um, and the one moment that changes the game is the pass back to the keeper. And as soon as we concede, I think we've, we've lost the game then, really and truly. It's it's a fragile place at the moment. Regards young lads and their confidence is, is quite low, but... Um, you know, it just takes one moment to change that. Like, you know, taking a lead, going out and see, you know, seeing out a game, for example. You know, that's that's all we need, and that's that's something we done last year, and we we hang on to the hope that, you know, that can happen again. I love your demeanour. You're so positive. You always are. Any time we've met, any time we've spoken, you're exactly the same. I admire that. How do you keep that going? Because uh, behind closed doors, are you exactly the same way? Um, well, listen. Look, I've look. I probably come across in the media maybe in the last couple of weeks a little bit hot and heavy, but nobody likes to lose, Pete. That's the that's the reality of the situation. Whether you're Warren Point or you know you're one of the one of the top teams like, like David Healy at Linfield, for example, nobody likes to lose, and I certainly don't like to lose. But um, yeah, listen, you got you got to stay positive. Like you know, I've come through many battles in in my in my in my short life to date outside of football, so I'm not going to let six results get me bogged down and get me all panicking regards where we're going with the with, with the squad of players what's know? the demeanour like in terms of the squad I mean what was the the atmosphere like in the in the dressing room whenever you came off the pitch on Saturday obviously very disappointed you know like one thing we've in, we've inherited here and, and, and signed to, to the squad is you know every single lad is a good lad like we've no we've no bad eggs in the group they're all really really good people first and foremost and that is something that I um, that I really look for when I, when I sign for players because it gives you an opportunity to work on, work with them day in day out, and and also gives you an opportunity that when you're in moments like like we are now, that they'll still they'll still work hard, they'll still come in every single night and be as upbeat as possible to try and try and turn turn our fortunes, you know. So yeah, listen, they're they're disappointed. They're a young group, and as, as I said, the confidence is quite low. But I I'm I'm a firm believer that listen, it's only one one big moment, 
and that could be scoring a goal for example and taking the lead we haven't been in that position this year so I think one big moment and we, we will certainly see a different Warren point Stevie after the Cliftonville defeat you were very angry very passionate and you had a right pop at the players um, you changed your demeanour and you were much more measured in your post-match analysis after the Carrick loss was that a deliberate decision because um, uh, you know there were similar types of defeats individual errors cost you missing chances cost you yeah well look since, since obviously Cliftonville and, and, and Carrick there have been two weeks of of, of training took place and there was a good performance albeit the result wasn't good away to Balamina so the thing about about our side Stephen is that us as a club we've identified young players that's what that's what we've gone after um, and we want to have an identity on the pitch of really hungry really energetic and when we get them to and things right then we can concentrate on free-flowing football and in that particular performance against Cliftonville every single goal Barleen Bagnell strike from 30 yards could have been dealt with in my opinion whether it was getting up to the ball making making um, making contact forcing an opposition player away from the goal you know it was just there was a lack of energy to get to the opposition and that was my biggest critique on that day was that I questioned the players regards you know why can't you do that because you know we have them fit we've, we've got no player carrying weight they're all lean they're all fit they're all young so that's the identity we want them to follow and I felt they didn't follow on that particular day and I was going to ask you as well, you have been rightly praised for the way that Warren Point play their football. It's attractive to watch. But given the, the score lines that um, we've seen recently and the fact that, that Warren Point are conceding goals, will you think about changing the way you play and almost go back to basics? No, absolutely not. You were the same last season too, because yeah. at this stage last season you are being questioned in the same way. I think that's a bit of a, you know... I'm not going to say a silly question, but the reality. The reality. I've, I've, I've asked a few of them over, no, over like, my career. I'll tell you. The reality of it is, we got success playing this way last year, albeit we were in the same situation come the start of the season. So, why would we change something that's given us so much success? Regards highest points tally, best ever run in the Irish Cup, and overall on reflection, a really, really successful year for the club. So, it would be absolutely ludicrous to go and change everything that we believe in, and. I think when you look at the goals, none of it is coming from expansive football. It's coming from genuine individual errors or the odd, the odd decent strike. The reason I asked, asked the question, though, was because I was thinking, do you think maybe opposition teams have found you out? No, like as I said, it's, the, goals, the, the goals we're conceding at the moment is, is very... Like, a lot of it, I would say probably 60-70% of it is very individual-based, you know, um, and that, that's a concern. We have to try and fix that for the individual. Um, but if we were getting caught, you know, I think bar, bar the opening day of the season where, where a keeper gets caught on the ball trying to build out from the back. Other than that, I don't think anything's come from being overly expansive trying to play. I just think it's been genuine. At that first goal of the weekend, you leave a pass back short, striker nips in scores. You know, that's not from playing out. Mm-hmm. That's just an individual error. And... As I said, if we can fix them things, like I, I, I don't think anybody's caught on to what we want to do. If we do what we do at the right intensity and speed, and our actions are, are, are high, you know, normally you'll be depressed. Normally you'll beat an opposition, even if they know what you're going to do. Everyone knows what Crusaders want to do. Can you stop it? No. Mm-hmm. So that'd be my kind answer to that. 
You mentioned the Irish Cup run last season and the most successful run in the Irish Cup. And I suppose as a manager, you're maybe thinking that it was an opportunity missed not getting to the final. So at the start of the season, did you look at that and go, we want to try and go one better this season and use it as motivation? And now with the start that you've had, do you think the uphill battles even more than maybe what you had this time last year? Um, a cup run's a luxury, especially in a place like this, no disrespect. like, But our primary focus, our main objective for the whole season is staying in this league. There's been a massive change in dynamics within the league. There's a massive transition. It's no longer top six, bottom six. Um, you've lots of investment going into other clubs. And what's happened is even some of the other top clubs that are not in the top three and four have had to go and sign a higher calibre player, pay more money to certain players. And unfortunately for clubs like ourselves, Institute, Carrick and I would probably put Dungannon in that bracket is that we can't match that and we never will be able to match that because we haven't got the power or the, the muscle to compete with that type of that type of club so for me like you know we just gotta you just gotta stick to what we can what we can be and, and create what we can create here and as I said the main focus can't, can't we can't look beyond staying in the league that, that has to be the number one priority Barry it's great to see you. We love having you on. We love your take on, on all things football. Firstly, are you missing being in this gentleman's position? Um, maybe not Stevie's just position at the minute. But yeah, it's management in general terms. Um, yeah, we've had my, my wee break and I've enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed watching some of the local teams in particular. Um, but I think, and Stevie will tell you this, if, when it's in you, it's in you. Um, I don't think you get the option of turning it on and off and suits you. So... Yeah, it's 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 been nice to be patched that I've had off relaxing. Um but no no massive plans to do anything more than that at the minute. Stevie mentions about you know, there's been a change within the league and we've seen money come in and you know, it's it's very exciting. You know, it's exciting from I think this this league has got ever more competitive in recent seasons. What do you make of it yourself? Yeah, I think I think it's just with the extra investment to see some of the bigger teams that maybe Dicklin Torrens, Lauren coming fresh to the league that that haven't been there in recent years. So, you know, as Glentorn find their feet again and, and re establish themselves and Lauren coming in obviously with the power they have, I think it is it is adding that competition. It has over the last couple of seasons, Stephen, that's been you could have picked out the top three mm-hmm. quite comfortably. Um, probably top five, if you're if you're honest. The interesting section in the league this year, in my opinion, would be that middle group, um, with the European spot not there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's it's I don't know if that's added or taken away from it this year because um, if you're stuck in that middle section, you're in it, and that's it. There's two teams that have really surprised me this season that so far that I would like to to get your take on, and that's Dungannon for the start they made. Obviously, you know the last couple of weeks have been um, well different compared to the start and Glen Avon I mean I suppose we all really expected Glen Avon to, to really push on and, and they were they were obviously reeling from the European playoff last season and all of that so what, what do you make of, of those two teams in particular? Well I think Glen Avon first and foremost I mean Gary has a particular style that doesn't change ever um, and they're always a victim of a patch in the season where all the critics come out and, and, and nearly challenge them for Gary and his team generally the quicker they come out and challenge him the better he tends to do following that um, I don't think anyone would have expected them to start the way they have I think it's a truly false position that they're in at the minute and I doubt 
knowing Gary is, is team and, and everyone around Glenavon that anyone will be pushing any panic buttons at this stage. Um, Gary will probably tell you that they are one of them clubs that are going to feel the brunt of you know the, the Glentorans establishing themselves again and the Lions coming up um, because they were that team that was maybe not top three over the last few seasons but they certainly were the top side of the next section. This season they could find themselves slip out of that and and at the minute there's that battle between them and a few other teams you know you probably would have said Coleraine at the start of the season potentially Cliftonville you know where are they going to fall one of them could drop out of the top six um, I think it's too early at this stage to, to be saying Glenavon will because they're sitting where they are on the table I would be shocked over the next couple of months that you don't see them move into a more realistic position Anton Gallon. Um, I think Dungannon's had a fantastic start. You have to give Chris his credit. Um, he has he's lost a few players and signed a few players. Um, I even brunt about it. I expect him to plateau and come back to to where we'd expect him to see. Um, they're a mid-table side, bottom end of the top six, if you like, um, top end of the bottom six. I don't think they're regardless of what start no, no disrespect to Dungannon I love them as a club I think Chris is really good but uh, you know their expectations will hit top six not in my opinion What about your old club Cliftonville what have you thought of them? Um, I, you have to put your hat off you say to, to Paddy so far and he's, he's had his critics in the last few weeks in particular whether it be on formation or whether it be on certain players playing in certain Glenn positions. Glenn Gormier left. <laughs> um, but he, he, you heard him on Saturday post-match. He, he's, he's, he's had his response. He's had his response in, in the result, which has been massively comfortable in, against the Gannon side that a lot of teams this season have struggled against. So, um, And he's done it in his shape, in his system, the way he wants to play, um, with players playing wherever they play and score. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've had a... You might look at it two ways. They've had a good start. They're sitting in a position in the table that is is decent. Um, will they stay in the top three? They've come up against two main challenges this season so far, and that's been Crusaders and Linfield, and haven't recorded anything from either game. Maybe, unfortunately, the Crusaders are in the Linfield game recently, but that's what makes a difference when you play for Cliftonville. Whether you, you beat the team's perceived to be less or underneath you won't won't be enough when um, you've got when you've got Linfield and Crusaders who to me are like the two superpowers of Irish League football right now do Cliftonville fans expect too much would you say do, do they um, like uh, some of them expect to be title challengers at this moment in time I don't think they are but I think they could finish third yeah I think it's listen we're all football fans you know and every, everyone wants their team to do, do the best. We're sitting know? here as three Liverpool fans or whatever, and for years we've wanted to win the league. Was it realistic? Not, not in a million miles, but we still wanted to do that. And like every fan, you win one game, they want to win two, you win two, you want to win three, you go five, six unbeaten, and they can't understand why you lose one. That's, that's what we do as fans. Cliftonville fans are no different than that. If anything, you get the positives of them being so engrossed in it. Um, but at times that you know as I personally know that can work against you because it adds expectation and adds a lot of pressure um, and you might have seen that in Paddy a wee bit this week you know because he's maybe had his first taste of that expectation well we expect Joe Gormley to play up top and score goals he hasn't he hasn't been doing that of late but 
and Paddy's had his answer to that. So as long as he continues to answer it on the field, I don't think there'll be a problem for him or his team. Having watched Barry a lot of games this season, and it's something maybe, Stevie, you may not want to comment on, but feel free, certainly after the incident that was just down there on Saturday. Um, referees come under fire, particularly I tend to find at this sort of stage of the season. Um, there's been, a, a, and every team, I suppose, has had a decision not go their way. Um, and we've talked in recent seasons about the standard of refereeing in this league. Where do you see it at at this particular moment in time? Peter, I'll be honest, I don't think it's any worse than it has been. Now, that's not a, that's not a praise. Um, I think it's taken a, a whack over the last few seasons from us all, me as manager and outside manager, and, and any pundits will agree or any neutral watching a game. But we have to remember it's an easy target. You know, for every mistake you make as a manager in the line or, or you know, a player on the field, you make 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 mistakes a game that goes unheard of. The referees get judged on the most critical decisions that need to be made at the right time. Now, some might argue that they're paid to do that. That's, that's their job, that's their role, but they're not going to get everything right. Um, we might watch replays back and watch them three or four times before we make a decision whether it should be this or should be that. We use the example of what's a handball at the minute. I mean, I don't we, understand. We personally. sit in the stand, players are coming out publicly and saying, we haven't a clue. Even when it's explained to us, we're just not sure. Where do we go with referees or how do they get that right all the time? Um, I would agree. I think there's a level, there's this, it's like what we like to see in the league. We would like to see the players come up a level. We would most definitely, in my opinion, like to see the referees come up another level. And, I think they come under severe criticism at times, not because of the decisions they have to make, the manner in which they make it, or explain or don't explain why they've made that decision is most definitely up for debate as far as I'm concerned. Obviously we see VAR in the Premier League and I appreciate the infrastructure within the Irish League, we are are nowhere near that at this particular moment in time, but if we were, would you like to see (laughs) VAR in this league? Well, I think like I think it's it's moved the game on, hasn't it? Another, it's moving on to a different level, I suppose. More but there's still problems with it. There's still there's, we're still saying, well, what's the purpose of it if it's not going to be used? If it's an obvious, you know, decision that should have been. Made? Yeah, and that's probably that's probably a concerning point with it is that, you know, it's in there to serve a purpose at the moment on big decisions, but if people are starting to talk about the pen, the different penalty incidents or the situations where a left back's on a yellow car for example and he dives and the one VAR to be coming into to play in them moments if that was the case the game had run past 90 minutes it'd be 120 minutes long every every week would it be a favor of, in favor of it i am in favor of it at the moment but only on big decisions big moments that change games like i'm on about putting the ball in the onion bag stuff like you know that's it but it shouldn't be i don't think it should be used in any other way um to help decisions on the pitch I think it's goal scoring moments big moments that's it that's all it should be used for in my opinion in terms of referees here's what I think I think Barry's right I don't think it's got any worse but the standard of the play in the Irish League has improved and referees are supposed to come along with it players are now fitter they're faster they're quicker and I'm not sure that um, referees in the Irish League can, can keep up um, not all of them, that's for sure. And I also think... So do you think it's a fitness issue? I think there's a fitness issue there, yeah. And I would like to see that addressed by the Irish League. I think it's something that they have to address because um, 
week in, week out, fans are complaining about it. Worse, um, players and managers are complaining about it. I've had a lot of off-the-record chats with managers and players, and um, they just think the standard of refereeing just isn't good enough. Simple as that. And they would also add as well a point that Barry made, um, the attitudes of referees. The manner in which they go about their business could certainly be improved. I think out there there's a there's a feeling that there's a degree of arrogance amongst officials these days. And I'm not just talking about referees. I'm talking about um, uh, linesmen. I'm talking about um, fourth officials, and um, they've got to show class as well because they want the players and the managers to show respect. Well, maybe the referee should show some too. Right, we're going to get on to our predictions very very shortly. But first, uh, each week we. Uh get to find out a little bit more about an Irish League player 90 seconds with Biko this week is we have Linfield goalkeeper Gareth Dean this is 90 seconds with okay Gareth here we go best player played with Uh, Roy Carl toughest opponent Andrew Mitchell favourite ground here worst ground solitude best dancer at your club Bastian Henry Worst dancer at your club? Kurt Miller. Best fashion sense at your club? Kurt Miller. Worst fashion sense at Linfield? Andy Waterworth for his navy jumpers. Best trainer? Joel Cooper. Worst trainer? Jimmy Callagher. Best football moment? Uh, Left in the league here last season. Worst football moment? Oh, worst football moment. Um... Losing the Irish Cup final here against Glenavon. Team you support? Liverpool. Football hero? Jersey Dudek. Favourite sports star outside football? Roy McElroy. Favourite TV show? Disney The Survivor on Netflix. Favourite movie? Law Biden Citizen. Favourite video game? Call of Duty. Favourite singer or group? Drake. Signature, di- signature dish in the kitchen? Spaghetti bolognese. Favourite drink? Alcoholic or non-alcoholic? You choose. Uh, uh, go Coke. Favourite holiday destination? Dubai. Who would you most like to meet? Justin Bieber. Gareth Dean, top man. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. We're getting into this weekend's fixtures and there's no easy games in this league, as you rightly know, Stevie, and you've got a trip to the Oval this Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult task. Um, it's very much a different Glentoran team to the one we would have faced last season which again we didn't have much success against last season and a Glentoran team coming off the back of what they perceive as a result they should have had or at least to draw Winter Park yeah absolutely listen they've got their they're fighting for their own cause and they're, they're, they're reacting off their own performances and results of late but look we, we, we have to plan as normal and, and, and trust the process of what we do here and what's got us success over the last 14, 15 months and you know we've put plans in place all week we train tomorrow our last kind of contact time with the guys leading into Saturday and you know we'll be we'll be upbeat and positive that we can we can get a result on Saturday you know you may want to put some earplugs in right now Biko how do you think it's going to go I don't think Warren Point are going to get a result sorry Stevie but it's It's okay Biko it's just the way I I see it I think your best chance of um, uh, getting points on the board is in a fortnight's time whenever you host Institute I think that's going to be one humdinger and you will be here 
Well, I, I hope to be around. Listen, <laughs> I, I never count my chickens with anything. Um, but in terms of the Oval, Glen Torn will have been very disappointed. Robbie McDade, who I believe is their standout player, um, amongst quite a few real talented players that they have now, hit the bar against Linfield and then Linfield go up and score the other end. So that'll have been a bit of a, a sickening blow for the Glens and they'll want to bounce back. I do think Warren Point have players that can hurt them. I look at people like Philip Donnelly, Lorcan Ford's come in. I thought um, uh, he looked dangerous at times against Carrick. I'm a big admirer of Alan O'Sullivan. And Kieran O'Connor, when he's fully fit, is obviously a um, very gifted player too. But I think Glen Torn will win because I'm not sure the defence at Warren Point is as rock solid as it should be at this point. What I would say is that Warren Point can use this as a means to an end by putting in a big solid performance with a lot of confidence to build up to that Institute game. But I think they're going to lose at the Oval. I'm going to go... 3-1 to the Glens and um, wouldn't surprise me if Elvio Van Overbeek has a big game he's a very dangerous player down the right side for them Stephen bit of a tongue twister there for you Beagle <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's slow time when he delivers I, it I'm always glad when I get Elvio's name out <laughs> uh, Barry give us a score prediction for the Glens at home on Saturday yeah I think Beagle's right to be fair and I don't think Stevie will look too harshly on this but it's 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 a Glentorn win it's a very difficult patch to be going the oval, um, and I think I'd like to see I'd like to see Warren Point score a goal. I think they need to do that from open play. I think that'll be a big focus and a massive positive that they could take out of next Saturday's game. Um, but I'll, I'll match Beko in this with a three-one. Um, Coleraine are at home to the Crews on Saturday. Have you been impressed with uh, Coleraine and how they started the season with Oran being back in in charge? Yeah, I think whatever stability that lacked last season has sort of just regelled itself back in listen it was an easy move for Oren wasn't it he knows exactly what he's going into he knows exactly what he was taking over and vice versa with the players there's there's been no period of of easing himself in so um, I think they'll come up with challenges going forward I think this may be their honeymoon period I don't I don't necessarily think that they have everything right or where Oren would want it at the minute um, but it certainly looks like a very different side than what would have been their last season. Can they get a result on Saturday? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think they're going to lose this one. Have you got a score prediction for us? 2-1. 2-1, Pico. Interesting game, Pete. These are the two um, only unbeaten sides left. And as I say in boxing, the O must go. So um, I think there will be a result. It's going to be a fascinating match for Jamie McGonagall. He's going back to the showgrounds. <coughs> He has been saying this week that it doesn't bother him if he gets slated by the Korean fans. Um, knowing Jamie, he's certainly got enough talent to go there and deliver a big performance. Korean's star striker, James McLaughlin, went off in the Balamina game with a hamstring problem. So if he's unfit for Saturday, I think that's a major blow to them. They're also missing Stephen O'Donnell, their captain, who's an inspirational character. And I think, I look at Crusaders, um, that was a big result for them against Glenavon. I don't think they played anywhere near their best, but they still won. You look at Paul Heatley, the goals that he's starting to score, just a phenomenal player. I just saw on that, the acrobatic move on Saturday was incredible. Ah, listen, the guy could be um, a gymnast in the Olympics. He's different class, he really is. He he really is. And you'd get, he'd have a 10 on the parallel bars or the floor, whatever, he's just class. He's good at everything, Heatley. Um, and then you've got Stephen Larry against Philip Larry, which is a fascinating midfield battle. I'm going to go 3-2 to the Crews. I just think they've, they've got that winning mentality and they'll go there and think, oh, this is a big match. And big players turn up in big matches. But... And plenty of goals. I hope to see that. What do you think, Stevie? I'm going to settle for a two-each draw. 
Um, the fact that Coleraine look like they're going to be missing one or two of their, I suppose, better personnel, I just think they might be a wee bit more um, stubborn how to set up than, than, than normal. But Crusaders this year have been nothing short of excellent. Like They've been outrageous. Um, they've put teams... They've put teams down big time. But it was interesting to see the first challenge... Well, I wouldn't say it's the first challenge they've had, but the first time where, where a team has got kind of within touching distance of them in terms of result, and they were still able to go and win it. But I just think this week, Coleraine being at home, I think that could be a big factor. Um, and Oren is, has got them so organised. Um, it's like he's never been away, to be honest. So I, I, I can see a two-week draw here. Morphy Parkland haven't played Ballymena. And this should be, in theory, a, a cracking game. Um, I suppose from where I'm sitting, you probably see Ballymena as being the victors. Well, what do you think, Bigo? No, I don't, actually. I think Ballymena should have beaten Coleraine last week. They were playing against nine men. They missed a hat full of chances, which will give the, the guys who missed them nightmares. And I think um, Glenavon showed a bit of fight, character, against Crusaders. Um, they'll feel they were unlucky not to get a point. And it's funny what um, Barry was saying about Gary Hamilton. The other day, I was walking up Bambridge Town Street, and um, this Glenavon fan pulled me, and he said, uh, it's time for Gary Hamilton to go. And I said, are you kidding me? Are you having a laugh? You, look at what Gary Hamilton has done for your football club. He's won you trophies. He's won you the Irish Cup, got you into Europe, finished third. He's the best manager you could have. And I just couldn't believe that attitude, I have to say. And um, I think Glenavon will come good. I think it's going to be real hard for them to get in the top six. That's nothing against Glenavon. That's purely because from three to eight, it's going to be a dogfight to get in there. But I do believe they'll get a result against Ballymena. And I think Joshua Daniels will score the winner. Football has a funny way of playing um, tricks and, and fate comes into it. And I know Josh was gutted to miss the, the last minute penalty. You've got to give credit to Sean O'Neill because he saved it. And I think Just on that, no, and, and it was mind games. He was playing with what he said. Do you agree with that? You can do whatever you like. It's a football pitch, and um, Sean O'Neill, um, Sean O'Neill, he's a very, very um, noisy character on a football pitch. And um, if he thinks he can put Josh Daniels off, that's up to him. Um, if the referee thought there was anything wrong of it, I'm sure he would have stopped it. But I fancy Josh Daniels to come back big style. He's a class player, and I think he'll score the winner, two-one to Glenavon. And just while we talk about the Sean O'Neill moment, I mean, both as managers, would you be advocating that with your players? Within the laws of the game, yeah, absolutely. Like it's a football pitch; it's a big bad world out there. Um, lots of stuff happens and goes on here and unseen. So, yeah, listen, you got to do it and to get, give yourself that wee edge. I think you know it's part and parcel of the game. Totally agree, Pete. I think uh, listen, if any manager wants to be honest, any edge that they can get inside the rooms of possibility, they'll ask their players to go and do it. You know. You've do, done it. Do, do Crusaders <laughs> mind? No, they have the points. They don't, you know, at the end of the day. Um, so, Glenavon against Palomino, what do you think, Barry? I think this is a typical game for Gary Hamill in particular. It's the type of game that he needs to... Push on. ...to spark and, and, and maybe to start that sort of movement off that position in the table. Um, it's knack and knack for me. I expect it to be an thrilling game, no doubt about that. Something tells me it looks like a two-each draw. I think there will be goals on both sides, but I think either side will definitely not want to be beat. And the performance, the manner of performance from Glenavon last week might be enough for them to edge it, depending on where Davies may be on the day. 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go funny enough with a tree each throw here. Goodness me. <laughs> Let's get down to Mournview Park. Um, and the reasons why, because obviously I think Balamina have a couple of, of suspensions. Um I'm not sure where Gary's at regards getting a couple of the lads he's missing at the moment back on the pitch. Um and I just think two different styles of football, one's direct and one is quite easy on the eye, and I just think it could make for an absolute super match. Um, so it's solitude this weekend, Cliftonville play, Institute, and you'll be hoping for a Reds win. Well, look, whatever will happen, will happen. I certainly wouldn't wish bad luck on anybody, you know. What happens, happens in football. Um, but I do think Cliftonville will have too much for Institute. I, I, I think the way that Paddy has them playing at the moment, they're, they're very attractive, they're very easy in the eye, they're full of energy. And listen, if you've got the front players that they have um, in your team, you, you've always got a chance of winning the game. I do think they will have too much for Institute at the moment. I think Institute are a bit like ourselves, um, kind of a little bit disjointed. Um, obviously, they've got the new manager coming in, so they might get some sort of kick out of that. But I, I, I still think um, Cliftonville at home in solitude, I think 3-1. Pico? New manager, normally you get a bounce, but I don't think Sean Connor's arrival is going to get them a victory. I, I'll agree with Stevie. I think Cliftonville are just going to be too strong. And... Um, uh, be interesting to see where Joe Gormley plays but regardless I fancy him to score a hat-trick <laughs> I really do he's just that good wouldn't surprise me if Rory Donnelly got a few as well I'm going to go 5-1 five, five to the Reds I think this will be one of the easiest days the Reds have Pete if I'm totally honest with you I don't he, see he's, he's, he's just written the Institute team talk there hasn't he I, I don't see any listen Institute are, are, are down there and low at the minute and they're for a reason and I just think you know, Paddy is the team set up solid at the back, scoring goals for fun, and when they're at solitude, they'll be untouchable. I don't see anything more than a three or four nil victory, and certainly a clean sheet for. It's also Pat. It's also Paddy McLaughlin against his old team Institute. So you can bet your bottom dollar. Like while we think it's going to be easy, Paddy will have his players drilled to the nth degree to win this game. Uh, two fixtures left uh, this weekend coming. Uh, Lorna home to Dungannon. Um, it's going to be an interesting game because obviously I know the two Chris as well at Dungannon and you know as well as their start has been they've they've, they've lost the, the last three by by some margin um, and listen Larns Larns a tough place to go with the surface and and the brand of football Tiernan has the guys playing there is is really really good and they really test you but somehow I think I, I think they can get a draw this weekend for for some reason I just think they can they can stop the rot and just knowing that the type of character Chris Lindsay is I think he'll have them well drilled well organised and they'll go there and be a tough nut to crack so I'm going to go for a one-all draw here Pickle Can't see it gotta say I think Dungannon are on a bit of a slippery slope and I think Larne are about to climb that mountain and um, I think they could go on a good run I'm going to go 3-1 to Larne Yeah Larne 3-1 don't think there'll be much of a contest if I'm honest <laughs> Chris Lindsay's going to love you isn't he? Uh, we get the Monday night uh, Sky Cameras and Carrick Fergus Carrick of course play the Blues and, and the Blues this week took their time to get over Ballina Mallard They did I, I wasn't surprised though at Ballina Mallard give them a game down at Fernie Park I'm sure um, some Linfield players were um, cursing having to make that long arduous journey it's only 80 miles Linfield players get over it um, but I'm certain that it'll be another test match for Linfield Carrick I watched them here against Warren Point and um, something about Carrick, very hard to beat. 
Stuart Nixon scored a brilliant hat-trick. Um, he's going to be a live wire against Linfield. I really like him as a player. I really like Lee Chapman as well. Um, not the ex-Leeds player, but the Carrick right winger. I think he gives him so much. And Mark Sergener at the back, very strong player. And Niall Curry's managing that team expertly at the moment. So I don't expect an easy game for the Blues. But they should win. You know, when you look at the quality, if Linfield turn up on the night, they've got more than enough um, to, to win that game and win it with a little bit to spare. What will be really interesting for me is... Um, you know that old thing about can he do it on a on a wet Tuesday night in Stoke? Well, we're going to see that about Basti and Heary this week because can he do it on a cold Monday night in Carrick? Well, hold on, are we second with the Indian summer we're having and the pitches looking the way they are? It could be a piece of cake for him. Listen, it'll be cold in Carrick on Monday night, <laughs> trust me. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he does because y- you can be sure that there'll be a few tasty challenges going in on him. But I fully expect um, uh, Shane Lavery... Andy Waterworth to be able to score goals down there and I'm going to go for the Blues to win 3-1 Barry? 3-0 for me Pete Um, I think the Blues as we all probably expected after a European string of games have taken their time to settle into domestic football again I think they're getting there I don't think you can read too much into the Balamala result during the week I think it's one of them ones the players would have been very unmotivated for um, I think this one they'll see as back to business and an opportunity maybe to, to stamp the foot. So I see a comfortable win for Limfield 3-0. Stevie? Um, it'll be difficult, it'll be a difficult challenge. Like Niall has the guys well organised there at Carrick and they are going to be a very, very tough and physical team to break down. But for me, Limfield's the team everybody's got to catch and, and aspire to be. Um, I think they'll win 2-0, I think they'll do a professional job. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if set plays come in uh, to play a big part within the game. Just one final question for both of these guys. Um, there's lots of talk at the moment, down south and up here, about a potential all-island league run by a businessman called Kieran Lucid. He's got Brian Kerr on board as well, the ex-Republic manager, as one of his advisors. What do you think? You know Kieran Lucid through your business mm-hmm. contacts. Yeah, I, listen, I think it's... I know there's been a lot of talk about it. It's died down recently. Um, I think there's an openness to it on both sides of the border. Um, I think it may be further down the road than people may think. Um, the big question is whether whether he can deliver or they can deliver um, some of the finance that's been attached to it. Um, I think it's I think it's good for the island. I think it's it it brings elite sections and, and mid-sections to where they should be. Um, and if some of the financial ramifications come off it, I think it could be good just generally right across the board. In particular, when you look at the northern model at the minute in terms of how many teams want to go full-time, there's a section in the north at the minute of teams and clubs that will never have the resource to do that. Um, so is it good for our league that we have top six full-time, bottom six not full-time? Or is it good that that bottom six joins another six from wherever to mix and match it and, and, and to have the finance attached to some of it is, I mean, it's very lucrative for all clubs involved if some of the figures can be. Do you think it'll happen, Barry, yes or no? I think it will happen. I, in the time frame, I think they have an optimistic time frame of 2020 or 2021. don't think that'll happen, but I, I do think it will happen. You, Stevie? Um, I, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know. I don't know how far it, uh, 
how far on it is. I don't know where the clubs are in regards are they, you know, willing to, to make the change. Tell you what, it'll be some vote. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd be personally in favour of it, though. I think, you know, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, they're not big countries. So to marry the two together um, and have two, I suppose, a Premier Division and a First Division, two quality divisions, um, I think what happens is you start to separate clubs and, as Barry said, you've, you'll, have a, you'll have elite clubs competing against each other. Would I love to be in Windsor Park as a neutral watching Linfield v Dundalk or in Oriel Park watching Dundalk v Linfield? Absolutely, I think it'd be it'd be terrific. So, yeah, listen, I, I, I'd like to see it happen. Do I think it'll happen? I'm I'm not so optimistic, but listen. Do you think it'll happen, Biggo? I think Kieran Lucid is a very ambitious and driven individual. He's got good people behind him. Um, I think the football clubs have a lot of talking to do. But here's the ultimate, Pete. Money talks. If the money's put on the table, I think it will happen. Um, Chapman, thanks very much for joining us. Stevie, good luck at the weekend. And just before we go, Barry Gray, who's going to win the league? Linfield. And there you have it. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Big up, always good to see you. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend's football. Mm-hmm.